Hello, boys and girls. Welcome to another lovely edition of the Tech Edition Podcast. Audio only this time. It is Sunday, April 1st, 2018. Um, I wish I had some elaborate April Fool's joke to tell or you know, submit, but yeah, I didn't really think that far ahead. So um, how's it going, Clarence? Uh, well, for me, I've just been avoiding all news today completely. Oh, man, did you uh, see where Elon, Elon Musk posted that uh, Tesla went bankrupt? Oh, yeah, that's happening. <laughs> that was pretty that's, awesome. That's not even a believable uh, April Fool's joke, is it? Yeah. <laughs> not really, no. No, honestly, I haven't seen. Oh, I saw a Doctor Who thing, but other than that, I have been kind of avoiding the news for today almost completely. Which is usually a good, yeah, good um, <sighs> good uh, rule to go by, I guess. Well, it's kind of um, funny that it falls on the Easter, though. So Yeah, that is true. Okay, so uh, I guess let's hop to it. You want to start us off? Yeah, man. So apparently Uber has reached a deal with the woman, the family of the woman that got killed in that in, in the first autonomous driving accident um, that we know of, I guess, that got pretty popular over the last few weeks. They reached a deal, I guess, for an undisclosed amount, and that kind of uh, ends all potential legal battle going forward in this particular case. So they pay the dowry. Yeah, the, the dowry <laughs> has been paid. I mean, honestly, they had to have some type of insurance or money or funds set aside to to cover yeah. something like this. You know, it, it's interesting that this is the first one. And I guess going forward, um, it'll get even more, even more interesting to see where it goes from here. Um yeah, they would have been crazy to not have any money set aside. You're right about that. Yeah. I mean, I f- kind of feel like it, it will, we know it's going to happen again. I think that's pretty much guaranteed. Um, the thing is, is how they, they, uh, step up to these instances and how they improve the tech is the most important thing. Um, I think that Uber has been banned from, I think their contract or whatever deal they had with the, the state of Arizona has been pulled and um, they're no longer able to operate as of right now operate in Arizona, which is pretty interesting. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I also thought it was interesting um, that the person that was supposed to be the safety driver or whatever, they had like sort of a criminal record. So, oh, man, that was interesting. Well, you um, just sort of a criminal record. Like, how bad did this go? Uh, Let me see. I'm going to see if I can pull it up real quick. I heard it. I was listening to this. I listened to this tech show at night and um, uh, got you. They were talking about how they were talking about how how they um how much of a criminal record they had. Let me see if I can pull it up real quick. I mean, well, I mean, is that really here or there, though, with this whole... um, Because obviously the woman did not have control of the vehicle at time of operation. Was she even supposed to be intervening, or was that her job to, like, intervene? Yeah, um, yeah, it's actually pretty interesting. Um, According to the information... Like, again, I didn't do a whole lot of research on this, but I heard it on Reputable on radio program that, that apparently these Uber drivers, they have to, they have to use some kind of human intervention or correction, like every 15 miles. Wow. Um, on average. So yeah, they, she definitely should have been paying attention. Um, 
because these cars often require human correction. And although you probably can't blame it on the AI, you should, you know, that person should have been paying, paying attention. If you saw the video, they're like fumbling with the radio or something. Yeah. Um, but that being so, said, yeah. I mean, this, again, I, I've said it before, but I don't think a regular driver would have saw that woman, um, and been able to react in time. Uh, of course we weren't there, but that's just kind of <laughs> what I kind of feel that it's, it's, it was pretty pitch black out that night when, when, when the woman was hit. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's unfortunate, like all around. And, um, yeah, NVIDIA mentioned it, um, in there. They had their, um, their, um, whole, uh, GPU commuting, uh, summit, or I guess you would call it their, um, their, uh, expo, whatever. And, um, in the keynote, their CEO, um, he talked about how they've got to get better at, um, the machine learning for these, the AIs that are driving these cars because, you know, and he mentioned the accident. I was surprised he even mentioned it. Yeah. Um, but he just stressed that it's very, very important that they get it right. Now, was it Intel tech in the Uber or no? Because I think Intel pulled um, all their vehicles, their technology off the roads as well. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure. I know that, if I'm not mistaken, there was an executive who worked for Waymo who left and went to Uber. Uh-huh. And um, he brought a bunch of the technology from Waymo over there. And, I, and there was some huge lawsuit. So I'm not 100% sure what was controlling the vehicle uh, mm. that caused the accident um so hmm. i don't know i guess it's neither here nor there but no but uh speaking of nvidia you have some nvidia news yeah um so like i mentioned um this past week nvidia had their their big uh i want to yeah their computer summit their super commuting summit um <coughs> excuse me and they unveiled a brand new product it's called the NVIDIA DGX2, and they're calling it the world's largest GPU. Hmm. It is two petaflops of power with 16 stacked Volta GPUs. Oh, wow. And it cost a paltry $399,000. <laughs> oh, um, okay. This is obviously That, that sounds for, like a lot. That but, sounds like a lot. Um, this is definitely not for the end user. Um, yeah. This is for machine learning, um, high-performance computing, uh, so, I mean, the way they sold this was, um, you have a row of server racks and, um, I would say maybe 10 racks of server equipment that would do your machine learning or your, um, what else do they do? They do all kinds of calculations and, um, uh, you know, they map out like, they map out like viruses and DNA and stuff like all, all these different applications for supercomputing, um, this box can take the place of like 10, 10 or 12 racks of servers. Um, and the cool thing about it is these GPUs are all linked, um, with a high speed interconnect. Um, what are, mm-hmm. what are they calling it? I should have, I should have read better. Um, yeah, it's called a NV switch. So it's a hyperspeed interconnect. It has interconnect that has 2.4 terabytes a second of bandwidth. That is like unheard of. Like just the backplane for the switches would be like hundreds of thousands of dollars in regular yeah. switches. And it probably wouldn't perform as well. Um, and this is of course running, um, the Tesla V100, which is, uh, their flagship Volta, um, compute 
a GPU product. <clears throat> and um, let's see, it has two Intel Xeon Platinum CPUs, one and a half terabytes of memory, um, dual 1025 gigabit Ethernet. And it also has 30 terabytes of NVMe SSDs for internal storage. Um, wow. Basically, this thing costs 400 grand and like we could probably, yeah, yeah, it would take the place of like hundreds of servers pretty much. Yeah, I'm reading this footnote at the bottom of the article. It's a $399 K uh, for the world's most powerful computer. This replaces 3 million of 300 dual CPU servers consuming 180 kilowatts. This equates about one-eighth the cost, one-sixtieth the space, and eighteenth the power. Yeah. Wow, that is pretty pretty amazing yeah so it's like i mean yeah that that 399 seems like crazy but when you if this is what you're in business for um you would save an an enormous amount of money by purchasing one of these um so but yeah definitely not for the end user <laughs> cool stuff man cool stuff but can it run crisis that's in other words yeah or uh, in other words the ultimate bitcoin machine Oh God! I, I'm sure people will be using it for that. <laughs> Mine everything. Yeah. I can I can see a, a small country buying a couple couple of these and saying we're going to own crypto. <laughs> it's not a bad investment. <laughs> I would just I just would wonder if somebody got a hold of one of these just to just mine with. I would just like to see what the hash rate is. I'm sure it's insane. It but. has to be, man. <laughs> it would be really cool, I guess. I can see this being used for a rendering farm too, or something. Oh yeah, yeah, you can use that for um, you can use it for that actually for rendering um, like uh, uh 3D animation or whatever. Yeah. Like it has so many use cases. Um, I I mentioned like machine learning and um, you know, scientific computing, but it can also be used like you're saying for rendering. And yeah, if you're in high performance computing, this would be the thing to have, I guess. Mm. I'll never afford one, but maybe one day. Video, send me one. I'll review it. So, dude, have you heard any of this news of our president? Like, yeah, I heard him pooping on Amazon. Yeah, I heard him pooping on Amazon. I I, I heard that on radio as well. (laughs) (laughs) I listen to a lot of radio on my way to and from work. So, yeah, Uh this really, really, this really, really surprised me. Coming from the man who, and not to make this too political, who used all kinds of nefarious methods to subvert paying taxes yes. and bragged about it yes. on on um make debates. <laughs> he's like, "Well, that just means I'm smart," or he's something like that. <laughs> and he complains about Amazon. So yeah. to, to to read his tweet uh, from uh, Sir Donald J. Trump. <laughs> I've stated my concerns with Amazon long before the election. Unlike others, they pay little or no taxes to a state and local governments. Use of our postal system as their delivery boy causes tremendous loss to the U.S. and are putting many thousands of retailers out of business. Yeah. Yeah. This is, I mean, this is, this has come, become quite commonplace with Trump. Um, he kind of goes on these rants and then. We asked the, the, the press asks his, uh, cabinet and his associates, whatever. And they're like, we don't have anything to announce. <laughs> and we're like this. Um, let's see. Sarah Huckabee Sanders, the press secretary, secretary, um, lovely woman said that the administration did not have any policy changes to announce. So this was basically just a Trump ramp, but you know, he is obsessed. 
with Amazon, apparently. Yeah, and the thing is, like, anytime he makes a crazy statement like this, it's it immediately affects affects stock prices. I think Amazon stock was down as a result of this tweet over the last week. So, uh, does he have a point? Yeah, maybe. maybe, He he, he actually does have a point. I mean, let's let's be honest. Amazon didn't pay any taxes last year. They made truly, they made billions of dollars and paid no taxes. Like seriously, like none. Seriously, none. Like they paid basically no taxes. We probably paid more taxes than Amazon did last year. Wow. So he has a point. But this is is, is, is that this due is to incentive? Because okay, you come build a building here in our state, we're gonna give you this X amount of tax write off. They they still have to be paying yeah. some type of federal taxes, right? Um, I don't know. Um, it see, it looks like. Well, I mean, the thing is, you have to realize is they just started charging sales tax like the past year. Um, is they started it, charging it, sales tax everywhere. But what well, is it everywhere? Really? See, I thought I thought well, Mississippi. Yeah. 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 I thought Mississippi only started charging sales tax with Amazon is because we, they acquired, uh, Whole Foods and they have no. a business here now. No, they, they, they charge sales tax everywhere now. Okay. Not just, um, okay. where they have a brick and mortar presence. They charge, they changed that last year. So, um, let's see. Amazon also charges taxes on agreements with state. But Trump is not alone in criticizing how the company collects taxes. And the other thing is with Amazon, the third party sellers are not required to collect tax. And I have been, I've done this myself. Um, I would select a third party seller because they wouldn't <laughs> sell tax. Oh, wow. um, so and yeah, Amazon does not collect that. So that's that's millions of dollars that's going through without taxes. Yeah. And, and- I don't know. I kind of have mixed feelings about this part of it because, you know, that was one of the things that gave, I feel like gave Amazon a leg up. And it's one of the reasons why I use Newegg and I probably shouldn't be saying this is because they don't charge sales tax in Kansas. So like, <laughs> it's like, it's, you know, cause like yeah. the, the sales tax where I live is 9.1%. But geez, it is a lot. Yeah. So basically I'm trying to get around it any way I can. Cause if you buy something that cost, like for instance, I bought a, um, if I buy a, a CPU, so I just bought a Ryzen 5 1600X CPU um, from, um, from Micro Center, and I paid $178 for it, and I paid like $20 in tax. Now, because Micro Center's prices are so good, it was still cheaper than Amazon or Newegg, but that's just something to think about, I guess. Yeah, and the other part of this whole argument was um, his statement that basically the U.S. Post Office has been raked over the coals by this deal they made with Amazon to aid in the delivery of their packages. Now, I don't know the specifics of the deal, but it's most people I've heard talk about it. It sounds like a pretty bad deal by the post office, which uh, I can't really fault Amazon for that. (laughs) You really have to fault the people who who put the deal in place at the post office. Yeah, I was just going to say, is it Amazon's fault that they took they took a crappy deal like is that really amazon's fault yeah and and again the the tweet from president trump uh why has the united states post office which is losing many billions of dollars a year while charging amazon and so many other others little to deliver their packages <laughs> making amazon richer and the post office dumber and poorer <laughs> they should be charging much dumber. more and you know i i cannot read that statement without doing the hand movement that trump does I just couldn't. 
the little pinch finger, pinky yeah. finger, <laughs> thing. But you know, seriously, like you know, like he has a point. But to our previous point, like Trump, they didn't Amazon didn't hold a gun to the USPS's head and say you have to take this deal. You know, um, the other thing is, I I think it's awesome that uh we get Sunday deliveries here now. Um, yeah, I get we get, we get same day we get same day deliveries. Um, in Kansas City Metro, and it's like, if I had to pay twenty dollars a month for Prime, I think right now I'm paying ten because I don't do it yearly. What they do is worth twenty to fifty dollars a month, and I would Easily. happily pay that Easily. to get same day delivery or to get. And I mean, you know, it, it's just one of those things where if they decide the next deal they make with the USPS, if they decide to pay them more and charge more for it. I, I don't think that people would have a problem with it because Amazon is just so convenient now. It's yeah. like I could go, I could get in my car and drive in the snow to Walmart or I can order something on Amazon and have it delivered the same day and not even have to leave my house. It's like, it's no contest and the prices are competitive. And even with the sales tax being charged on Amazon, the prices are competitive. So I don't feel like Amazon's going anywhere. Yeah. man. Oh my Maybe. God. Dude, I just went, actually went to Trump's page, Twitter page. I didn't realize he had something. He like, he like wrote about 20 tweets about this. Oh, he went on a rant, man. But Jesus. Are we really losing $1.50 on average? NAFTA need wall. That's a bad deal if, if, if they took that. Wow. Oh, man. So I guess we heard about the big Apple event we kind of hinted at last week. Mm-hmm. So there is going to be a cheaper iPad. That is school focused. Um, let me get the price. Three hundred dollars, two ninety nine for um students and teachers, and the Apple Pencil will be reduced. I think it's like eighty nine or seventy nine. Yeah, like a ten dollar discount on the pencil. Yeah, Not which bad. is because, Not bad. which to me this is huge. A Apple Pencil compatible iPad because if I mean pretty much before this you had to pay six hundred to a thousand dollars on an on iPad Pro. if you wanted. Yeah, if you wanted to use a pencil because you had to buy the Pro. I mean, this brings it. This was a huge announcement in and of itself. If they would have just added, which is what they did, but it's still three ninety nine for non educational use, right? No, it's three. I think it's like three twenty nine. Three twenty. Okay, that's not that it's bad. Three, it's three twenty nine. If I'm not mistaken, I'm going to go on the site real quick. But it's three twenty nine if you just buy it outright, and then you get like a thirty dollar discount if you um are a student or a teacher. And yeah, I mean that's. That that's crazy pricing, I feel like, and that's gonna bring them right in there. It's nine point seven inches. Yeah, starting at three twenty nine. Yeah, um, and I think and you get the pencil support, so yeah. it's amazing. And maybe more importantly, uh we hinted this last week as well, like the administrative functions, which the device management that they've kind of built into uh uh for deployment to schools and and seems like it's much more um much easier to provision than it had pre- previously been. Mm-hmm. They did a brief demo said you can provision hundreds of students in X amount of time, a very short amount of time. I think it was like minutes, which is is pretty cool. Pretty cool. They're, they're making inroads to make this more like a, a um, what's the Chromebook like ex- experience. So, I mean, if, I think if they can accomplish that, it'll be pretty, pretty awesome for school systems. But still, do we see this going anywhere versus the Chromebook? <sighs> I don't know, mainly because I don't even know if you can use the the Apple keyboard with this. I don't think you can. I think the smart keyboard's still exclusive to the Pro. 
So to me, the keyboard was going to be like the linchpin. Yeah. Uh, so I don't, I don't like that's my thing is I'm, I'm worried that you can, I know that like there's some third party like keyboard cases you can buy, but it would have been nice to have an Apple sanctioned keyboard for this. And I don't think there is one. And honestly, it didn't, does, I don't think the keyboard would be that expensive to make. I don't know why they don't just bundle that in. <laughs> Well, I mean, I guess looking at the price of the keyboard, it's like one hundred fifty nine dollars. So, Gosh. and that's probably mo- half over half. Of that's probably Apple tax. So, I mean, it's one of those things where I don't even know how much the MacBook Air costs, but they probably don't want to cannibalize the MacBook Air um, uh, market. Yeah, but because I mean, yeah, the the cheapest MacBook laptop it looks like is about a thousand dollars, and I mean. I mean, that has to be it, because if you add a keyboard to this, people will probably not buy yeah, another Mac. So, yeah. I mean, um, again, we talked about the software. They announced something called Schoolwork, which will allow teachers to assign digital handouts to students. Uh, Apple compared it to writing an email. Teachers will be able to write notes, PDFs, send links. And since this is all on iPad, they will, they will even be able to assign student activities that live inside other apps. Which, that sounds interesting. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. Um, all that data is be... private. <laughs> Sorry. What? No, they said all data is private. Oh. <laughs> you know Apple. They wink at Facebook when they wrote that. Wink, wink. But it's just one of those things where, like, that would be the biggest, to me, the biggest problem with using a Mac would be the user management. So it's good that they're actually building that in and at least being cos- cognizant of the fact that that is a hurdle for using like Apple stuff. So that's cool. Yeah. LDAP support would be huge. So I, I don't know if they'll build that into it, but if they could do that, that would be humongous. Is LDAP pretty that prevalent in school systems? Well, I mean, the thing about LDAP support is if you have like, say like if you have a Microsoft network mm-hmm. that's running active directory, which is like Microsoft's user management domain system. Um, if, if like, even with regular Macs, they're they're LDAP compatible, so you could actually you could actually connect a Mac to a Microsoft Windows Active Directory network. Okay. Um, yeah. Use your logins. Use your login. But um, the thing is, the GPOs are not the same, so you wouldn't be able to pull any GPO like group policy for the Mac. So yeah. you couldn't say this user account can't install applications. You can't do anything like to that degree. But you could at least do user authentication, and yeah. um, I think that would be pretty cool if you could if you could connect the the iPad or whatever to your domain. That way, you don't have to provision user accounts separately. But I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting too much in the weeds with that. <laughs> yeah, and, and again, like even if I'm pretty sure, like for most of the school districts, they buy these what Chromebooks or iPads at this price. But I mean, I think by bringing the iPad down to to closer to I mean, that sub $400 or sub $300 level. I mean, I think now it's feasible to say, okay, once a, a student hits the ninth grade, you just buy it for them, you know, instead of having to go through the school system. It's at a fairly reasonable price. Yeah, it is. It, and especially if they can do most of, if not all of their work on that device. So we'll see where it goes. Yeah. Interesting nonetheless. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have anything else? I think that's it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> to be a short but sweet episode of Take Petition. Slim Pickens, oh. man. Slim Pickens. Yeah, it was a pretty slow week. So, um, yeah. 
Yeah, the end of Dragon Ball Super, by the way, was amazing. I don't know if I talked about that. Was it I everything think, you hoped and dreamed? It was it was it was somewhat predictable, but it was still pretty awesome. Um can't wait for the movie. That's really all I want to say. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, anything else you want to work on? Uh, um about? Well, we have a podcast um about Discovery. Um, right? Yeah, we have a podcast called Discussing Trek, which can be found at discussingtrek.com where we talk about Star Trek Discovery and all things Trek. So yeah, check that out. Oh yeah. Cool. Yeah, and I guess we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening in with us. Very, very quick. Very, very quick. Very, very quick. I can't, I can't beat that. <laughs> <laughs> I just smells burnt and dusty. Hey guys, don't miss an episode of the Techpedition podcast. For more information, go to techpedition.com slash subscribe. T-E-C-H-P-E-D-I-T-I-O-N dot com.